You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Welcome back to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I have a very special guest for you today. I'm joined by Sarah Edmonds, who's a wedding and portrait photographer based in Italy. This episode is brought to you in cooperation with Imagine AI. Imagine AI is an AI-powered batch photo editing desktop app for Adobe Lightroom Classic workflows. If you're struggling with a backlog of wedding images that you still need to edit and deliver, perhaps an AI software like Imagine AI is the solution you've been waiting for. Sarah has been using Imagine AI for a couple of years now and is a raving fan. In this episode, I ask her all the questions you might have about using artificial intelligence to edit photos. If you decide to give Imagine AI a try, be sure to use the link that I provided in the show notes in order to get 1,500 free edits. Whether you're sitting at your desk working or out on a walk, I hope that listening to our conversation is going to help you improve your editing workflow in the future. Perfect. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today, taking the time out of your busy schedule, I'm sure. Um, yeah, to come on the podcast and chat with us, all things AI editing and your work. So for the listeners, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do, how you got there, where you live. <laughs> that would be great. Well, let's start with the last question first. Um, I'm originally British, as you can probably tell by my accent. Uh, I do live in Italy, though, um, although I have um, very strong ties still to my to my home and my family home in Wales, South Wales, in, in Great Britain. Uh, but I've been in Italy for many years, about 26 years now. Wow. And I have been a photographer here for about 12 years. Wow, that's, that's a long time. And I've seen that you do a lot of portrait work and weddings. Mm-hmm. So yes. like, where's your focus on mostly these days? Well, um, I started off in photography with uh, really doing portraiture and boudoir and model portfolios for fun, sort of starting off shooting for free as most, most of us do. Right. And from those first experiments, I booked, I booked my first wedding within about six months of that. And uh, my business really took off with uh, with weddings and especially with destination weddings. So uh, English speaking couples coming to the area where I live, which is Lake Garda, very, very beautiful part of Italy, really, really gorgeous. And um, and then I moved into other areas of photography as well. So but mainly uh, around portraiture, so commercial, but usually concentrating on beauty and fashion. Right. And uh, portraiture on commission. So I have a studio that I, where I shoot on commission and and balancing weddings as well. And then in recent years, especially since COVID, I have been I developed my editing business and that's uh, where I'm where I'm focusing my my efforts now. I'm sort of balancing um, a nice, a really nice mix of education. Yeah. Training other photographers, uh, speaking. Uh, shooting weddings, doing uh, the odd bit of commercial work and portraiture and and editing for other photographers, which I absolutely love. I'm overwhelmed. That's so many (laughs) things. Um, But I can imagine it just keeps it interesting when you're not just stuck doing one 
thing, right? And just mix it up a little bit. That's that's incredible. I've always relied on diversifying with whatever I've been doing. I've been a business owner all my adult life. And I've managed to do well in that by always having more than one thing on the go. So when the one thing goes down, the other one picks up. And then when I lose interest in one, I, I pick up on something else. So I, I, I work very instinctively and intuitively. And I'm a big believer in do what you love. And if you're not loving what you're doing, then do something else. So that's that's exactly what I do. 100%. I mean, for the sake of um, this podcast, because most of my listeners are wedding photographers, I'll mm-hmm. be focusing a little bit on that area of what sure. you do. And um, if you can just maybe talk a little about how your workflow in terms of editing was with weddings before you started using AI tools like Imagine yes. AI, which will dig a little deeper in later on in the episode. But if you can just talk about how life was like editing weddings without any yes. other help okay I have to dig back into sort of some traumatic memories now yeah um, all the backlogs <laughs> and stress and pressure yeah just yes. let us know how that looked like for you yeah well I started off um as most of us do with not very many weddings per year and spending far too much time on each wedding right. and in my early years the results were beautiful, but it really was not an effective business model. And I should have known better because I do, you know, I have run other businesses. So, but for some reason, when I started photography, I kind of took my business hat off and put my artist hat on and would spend um, weeks, if not months, perfecting a wedding in Photoshop, wow. retouching and making it look amazing and not charging anywhere near what I should be because I was having so much fun. So right. I justified it. But you know, when you start off, a, 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 when you start off a hobby that turns into a business and you have another business that is that is that you're living on, what you don't realize is you're actually using the, the money from the other business to subsidize the clients of this new business, which is it's OK when you're learning and, yeah. you know, you're, you're sort of trying to build a portfolio. But there comes a point where you really have to run, run like a business. But by that time, I, I found myself very, very quickly in a situation where I was booking way too many weddings to sustain that editing model so um Mm. I found myself just completely backlogged and overwhelmed and and winters would would just uh, you know long and dark uh, and editing trying to catch up and trying to sort of placate frustrated and angry clients who were you know they were waiting Waiting too long yeah Yeah. and and so there's that horrible feeling of anxiety and feeling like you're letting people down but at the same time wanting to maintain standards and so it 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 took I got to a point when I thought okay I'm not not sure I want to do this anymore because it's it's um it's not I'm not doing very well yeah health-wise my family life is suffering. My children don't see me during the summer because I'm shooting nonstop. And then they don't see yeah. me during the winter because I'm editing nonstop. So um, I decided that things really had to change. And um, I did streamline things a lot, but nothing nothing like what happened when I discovered Imagine, I have to say. Yeah. So what you're referring to right now is like from the beginning of when you started shooting weddings about 12 years ago. And yeah. that lifestyle of like being always editing or shooting how long did that go for a good like when did you join imagine and how long was that like well I can I I started to scale back on weddings honestly because I remember being um 
I remember, I think it was 2016 was the year that I was, I, I felt really burnt out and I felt miserable and not happy because I just wasn't having fun anymore. Right. Um, I remember that year. And, and then at that point, I, I decided to, to concentrate a little bit more on creative work and portraiture in order to um, not feel quite as frantic doing, doing the weddings. So I actually felt the need to have to scale back on the number of weddings that I shot. And then I, I discovered a, a way of um, editing faster. Mm. And I started editing for other clients um, due to a change in my family circumstances around 2019. And I thought, you know, actually, I'm starting to get quite good at this. And I think, okay. I, 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 think I preferred doing it for other photographers than, than, than doing it for myself. Until um, I discovered Imagine, I think it was... I don't, I don't want to say the wrong date and sort of I think it was 2020. Okay uh, close to like two years it's been a couple of years. Yeah I think okay. it was 20, I think it was 2020 and first of all my thought was okay if this works then that's goodbye to my new business editing for people but then and then I tried it and I thought wow it really does work. Mm -hmm. Okay I hope nobody finds out about this and then I realized that okay there's no way that this is not gonna burst out of the gate and change everybody's lives right. so I absolutely have to embrace this and be part of it and so I decided to well it made a, a fundamental change in my editing business as well because um it meant that I was able to deliver faster to my to my photography studios that I was editing for and all of a sudden I thought Do you know what I could get back into weddings because this is this has changed everything this has changed everything yeah. so yeah um I I, I had a two-year break from weddings because of COVID because in mm -hmm. Italy the, the the regulations were extremely strict they were um we had I had some couples postpone four or five times um we had I think three major lockdowns um the problem with destination weddings being that everybody has to cancel their flights they don't get refunds yeah. a lot of people just canceled altogether so I wasn't even able to sort of you know when there was a, a brief opening in lockdown let's let's squeeze in a wedding with destination weddings it doesn't work like that no it doesn't so I lost a lot of the weddings um the, the others just postponed and so mm -hmm. I this year I've been shooting weddings that with people that booked for me three years ago um, and it's been amazing because I have been literally delivering the wedding before I shoot the next one, which yeah, that's the dream yeah. for most people, isn't it? I right. can't even tell you how amazing that is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful feeling. The clients are delighted. It works brilliantly. I, you know, I worked, I have put in a lot of as you know we'll talk about my profile but I, I did feed in a lot of images a lot of editing images from lots of different cameras and lots of different weddings many 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 different weddings to sort of build up a, a profile that worked very well and by profile I mean that the imagine talent profile that, that I was using personally and it was yeah. very it wasn't long at all before imagine approached me I think I'd only been using it a, a month or so when they approached me and said okay you know yeah <laughs> could you work with us and yeah at that point I was uh, I was absolutely I convinced a million percent that this was um there's a before and after moment in wedding photography and this is it and I wanted to be part of it that's so good I'm just going to take a pause here right for the listeners who don't know how Imagine AI works it is 
artificial intelligence to help you edit your images and they have the option for photographers to create their own creator profile where they yeah feed the system at least 5,000 of their images where the system can learn their style and how they edit or there's the option of choosing a talent profile Sarah's one of them and then using her editing style to edit images so there are these two options available and so you're editing with your own style and they approached you now you're able yeah. to provide the style to anybody who's using imagine ai exactly so um everybody can now instead of having to dig through all of their yeah. all of their old catalogs because you need lightroom catalogs with edits in order to feed the program Right. And this can sometimes take some time because it's important that what you're uploading is consistent and of a good quality. So if, if, if what you've uploaded is a little bit inconsistent or patchy or not quite spot on when it comes to, then obviously your, the profile that you build uh, will reflect that. Yeah. Um, so I've spent, I, I spent a long time going back through all of my archives and sort of trying to find old weddings, making sure that they were all consistent and, and, and spot on, that there were lots of different, um, lots of different situations. And also I have lots of different cameras. I used to shoot uh, Nikon. Okay. I then moved on to Sony. I also have clients that I edit for who shoot Canon. So there's a nice mix of different cameras in there. Mm -hmm. And my style is really very very neutral so this is something that I've that the the users of my talent have told me that they love is that what it's doing is not so much imposing a style that's going to go out of fashion or, right. or date or is a trend it's it's very very simple and neutral and all, what I'm really concerned about is color correction having true color yeah. a, a good white color balance and a, a, a good exposure and the rest of the adjustments are very, very subtle and very neutral. So I'm not trying to, um, that was a style that I settled on many years ago and I stuck with it. I sort of tried to follow fashions and I decided it just wasn't sitting well with me. So right. I decided to go with something neutral. And then, and then I used that as well as my base for editing for other people. Um, because the every, it doesn't, the, the AI is very, very good and the better the profile, the better the, the results, but it's never hundred percent. So you do need to tweak. You do need to sort of just bring it back and give it an overview. But just to compare, I mean, my last wedding with my profile and the way I shoot, I'm usually getting 90%, 95% perfect results. So okay. that means that all I have to do when I, I get the, I quickly cull, I send it off. It takes maybe half an hour to edit I download it again I go through I spend maybe maybe an hour just wow. double checking everything just you know maybe removing some duplicates that I don't want just refining things straightening I, I do use the straighten feature in imagine which works pretty well uh, but some I might need to tweak something here and there and then I'm done and and I and I deliver and it, it's wonderful it, it's done it's ready it's ready to whether I decide to deliver sort of on the Monday after the or the Tuesday after the, the wedding yeah or, or if I decide to wait until they come back from honeymoon 
that it's there it's ready to go so all I need to do is send that off and I don't have that weighing on me so that you know I'm on my third okay I've, I've now I'm on my fifth wedding in a row and I still haven't culled the you know and then they're building up and building up I I, I don't want to get back to that because it's just too stressful and I mean we know that a lot of wedding photographers are in that position and they're always yes. trying to find different yeah. solutions. I know a lot of people outsource or at least yeah. use I did that trolling software. Yeah. But yeah. this is just the next level. And I think it's always the question of there is hesitation in the beginning for all of us when we hear, okay, AI can edit images because at the end of the day, it's always like, it's not the human eye. And I think the question mm -hmm. comes to really understanding, number one, how does it work? Like you said, you know, yes. it's about even feeding the system if you want to use your own type of edits, quality mm. work that's really done and finished so that yeah. it's not confused by like something that's out of, you know, the whole yeah. uh, quality that you want to have. <laughs> um, and apart from that, also realizing, yes, there is going to be a little bit of work afterwards and in, in making some adjustments and the necessary tweaks to make it really pop or just... Yeah. Um, yeah, checking that everything is all right, you know, before you send it off to your client. Exactly. And when you have a neutral uh, profile like mine, which, by the way, you know, went through a very tough testing process. So when I when I, I uploaded well over 30,000 image edits uh, in lots of different yeah. situations with different cameras, the team yeah. at Imagine yeah. spent a long time testing and, and making sure that it was really solid. Um, so you get really good results from that. But the benefit of using a neutral one like mine is that you can yeah. then, if you want to, put your own preset on top. So if you have a poppier style or a little bit more creative style, so it's not taking away, it's not taking away any creativity. Because right. there's, for me, the creative part is not trying to make the white balance consistent. That's something that the machine can do and should do. Right. In fact, it's what we all, it's what we've all dreamt of in Lightroom. You know, why doesn't the auto button work? You know, we've all tried it and the, the results are re always disappointing. And, but, you know, I'd rather free up that time and do the more creative things like the, the retouching or the, not, not the, you know, not the consistency, um, the consistency, let's say that I, I spent many years all those years, those long dark winters editing, trying to make things really consistent is now paying off because now I have this amazingly strong profile in Imagine that is able to then feed that back to me. I get it. Yes. Um, so, right. I would just love uh, for people who, who can imagine actually how this whole works. If you can just talk about a little bit of the technical side of how you go through this workflow process of the sure. moment you've, yeah. Um, uploaded your images and how that goes yeah so first things first is I run through and cull and I use will usually use photo mechanic to to cull but not always sometimes I'll upload everything into Lightroom I'll let Lightroom generate one-to-one -one previews and I will then uh, just quickly run through and cull and star the ones that I want to edit I shoot quite I don't overshoot. I try not to overshoot because I know that if I overshoot, I'm just making my life more difficult when it comes right. to culling. And so I try to I try to shoot wisely. I run through and cull, and that's that's by the way. By the time the um, by the time this podcast comes out, I think that Imagine might have the culling 
uh, side of the software ready. And, and if they're if they're as good at culling as they are with the edits, then I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that would um, be a game changer for sure. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I run through and pick out uh, my favorites and I have a sort of process for doing that fairly quickly. And so I try to get that done within an hour, um, maybe more, depending if I've got a second photographer with me, obviously that's going to take right. longer. I then uh, put all of those um, selected images into a collection in Lightroom and I mark it to edit so that I know mm -hmm. I, I, it just makes it easier for me to find when I open Imagine, but to yeah. find that specific collection. I then open Imagine it makes it very easy for me to find the last Lightroom catalog that I used. I close Lightroom, by the way. Okay. I just pick from the drop down menu. It'll show me the last Lightroom collection that I used. I open that collection. I go and find my two edits. So it might be the name of the client to edit. I will choose that collection. Uh, I will click upload. I will go off and um, sit and have a <laughs> cup of tea. I just wanted to say very smug. <laughs> feeling very smug that everything's being done um it's kind of the same feeling you get you know when I had when I you know when I first had a baby I remember my mum saying to me if you feel overwhelmed you feel guilty because you're not doing anything and you're tired uh put the washing machine on and then at least you feel like something's being done I it's a bit like that. that I know it's a strange <laughs> analogy but it's a bit like that it's like I feel like I can go and sit down and sort of you know go and cuddle my daughter and not feel guilty oh that's so um, good <laughs> It takes about, I'll come back in about 20 minutes and um, it's usually done. I click download. The, then the, the software then prompts me if I want to open the catalog, which I usually do. I want to see what happens. Yeah. I open the catalog and then dun, 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 all of my edits are applied. I then view everything in the grid view in the library module to just see if anything stands out as being um, that the AI is missed. For, you know right. there might be just one thing that's slightly off just one image here and there but usually what I'm doing is just scrolling through and everything looks pretty good and there we go that that's you know I've got my gallery for my clients my clients have got their pictures obviously there's another process that goes into the album and the there's a more uh, refined retouching that take place that uh, takes place for album pictures but the I like to be very generous in the in the pictures that I deliver to the client. So, you know, I'm usually for a full wedding, I'm delivering about 1,200 images, and that's covering the whole day. And and yeah. you know, because I don't want them to miss out. I don't want them to to miss something just because I, I'm being kind of mean with with how much I'm delivering. So I want them to have as much of as much as possible. And that's, that's it. Amazing. That's then so good. We go I know. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you do do some fine adjustments just for people who are wondering, okay, where is that focus on? Could it be that you're noticing, okay, you want to crop more often? That's what comes up for you mm -hmm. or it's the skin tones or what is it that you find yourself tweaking often? Yeah. Okay, so the tweaking is important because every time you tweak something, you, you are then prompted in Imagine to then upload the final edit so that the machine is constantly learning from your, your adjustments. So you're telling the machine, okay, I'm not happy with what you did here. I want you to do this. Me personally, I tend to crop in camera. I very rarely do any, any extreme cropping. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm usually... 
I'm usually not cropping at all. I might just be straightening the group pictures. Uh, okay. Um, if if Imagine hasn't got that perfectly, it does a pretty good job um, um, straight away. If, you know, I'd say it gets 80% pretty much, but sometimes it's not exact, or maybe there's a foot cropped off or something like that. Right. Um, but other than that, what I'm looking for is an inconsistency. So if in a batch of images, um, something is missing on the, the white balance or the exposure, Mm-hmm. Let's say something, there's just one or two pictures that look underexposed or one or two pictures that just in a set look, look slightly too cold or too warm and they're not consistent for some reason. That can happen. As I said, it's not perfect. You know, so you, you have to understand that what it's doing is the heavy lifting for you. It's, it's taking yeah. away, you know, that, that sort of four or five hours of, of grunt work. It's taking that away and we're just refining it at the end. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that looks inconsistent. With my talent profile, I've found extremely happy with the skin tones. Generally speaking, for both dark and, and pale skins, the the skin tones look really good because they just do. Yes, <laughs> um, that's do. kind of what I, you know, my, my portraiture background makes it very important. You know, my, my focus is on uh, the women especially looking absolutely great. And so uh, I don't want skin looking grungy or anything like that. That's so good. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention the name of your profile is called Love and Light, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, when people are go on the Imagine website, even if they're not uh, a user, they can already see some examples of your work edited with Love and Light. And there's yes. also a bit more detailed explanation of how it works, like what you've paid attention to. You do mention things like you have a little bit of the clarity up, for example, yeah. you know, to make it a, a tiny clarity. bit. Not, not, yeah, yeah not, not, not too much. And because you, this is another thing, you can always add that later. So yeah. things like, you know, my focus is on the, the, the good skin tones, white balance and exposure. If you like more contrast or if or, or what I do personally or in I, I create and, and sell custom Lightroom profiles that you can, that add a color grade on top of the raw edits without touching any of the slide, any of the raw sliders. So what I do is I put on this profile that gives like a creamy tone on top. um, And, or you could choose, for example, to put on, I don't know, bump up the contrast by, because you like things really contrasty, but you can just do that to one image and, or put on one of my profiles and then just sync it throughout the whole collection. And it doesn't touch any of the other sliders. That's perfect. It's mind blowing. It's incredible. It means that, um, I can, you know, just have a a neutral look or I can have my, I use my neutral edit for myself or my clients. And then I choose a look for them from my Lightroom profile, which is something different from the Imagine profile. It's right. like a, it's the slider at the top where there's Adobe Color or Adobe Standard. You can choose something, a creative profile that goes on top, and with one click, sync it on top. So you can add something creative without messing up all of the work that's been done. Or let's say you you choose all of your detail images, yeah. and for all of your detail images, you like lots of clarity. You just push up the clarity sync all of your detail images and it's done but all of that hard work the hard work is the white balance and the consistency of the exposure that's the hard bit and that's the bit that imagine does yeah and that's where i spend a lot of my time going over like white balance as much as yeah 
Um, and I can honestly say, I can honestly say that I trust Imagine Now almost more than I trust myself. Mm. In that, um, you know, when you've, you, you know, you've been editing for many, many hours and you yes. think you've got it right. And then you come back the next morning and you realize everything's too magenta or too green. Oh, oh 100%. And I mean, right? also with the light changing in the room, like sometimes yeah. I'm editing, it's gotten darker. I've turned on the light up here. I think it's yeah. fine. And yeah. then I, it's happened to me where I'm shocked. So now it's just a standard at the moment. My work uh, flow is I don't save them as JPEGs until I come back and I have a whole time set to go through all the images in one consistent like one sitting. Exactly. Check and it through. To, but it's and then you keep going amazing. back and adjusting and you keep, you know, then you, then you start to question your sanity, you start to question your <laughs> eyes. Um, so you know, we're, we're, as humans, we're quite infallible. So yeah, it's got to the point where, uh, the results from imagine are, it's kind of almost better than, better than a human yeah. and, and certainly better than, you know, outsourcing is great. And I know that for years it's been lauded as the only answer and I actually edit for other people. So I, I'm all for outsourcing. Right. Um, so, but you have to understand that, you know, the humans are infallible and this technology is 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 more consistent i've, I've found with with just you know those few exceptions where it's got confused right um, but then that then the human eye can easily pick that up because the, we're not tired from having spent five hours editing non-stop and we, we you know we've lost our, our ability to judge one thing i'm wondering about is i have black and white photos always in my gallery so mm -hmm. i wonder like if your portfolio or your yeah if it's color like mm -hmm. how do you choose like do you have to do that afterwards to choose pictures and then say okay I want to make them black and white yeah well I usually do all of my pictures in color first okay because I want to have a full set of I want to have a full set of color black and white is a sort of an, an added extra if I do decide to add black and white okay um if I, when I do black and white I'll just uh, make a virtual copy of the whole gallery yeah. so make sort of a double um a double set of, of a double another collection with virtual copies i'll apply one of my black and white profiles which doesn't mess with any of any of the raw settings yeah. and i sync and that's it and because all of the exposure has been done already everything yeah. is i don't have that doesn't take me any extra time so then i can i can actually deliver a whole color gallery and a whole black and white gallery oh um, yeah. okay yeah um otherwise i might choose a few to be black and white purely because i usually choose ones that are very emotive they're showing that are showing a lot of emotion right yeah or so if there's great expressions you know you mm -hmm. want to take you want to take away the distraction of color and yeah. you want to focus all that attention on the black and white then i might pick out those as black and white but otherwise I, i'll 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 just do them all as color as because also inevitably if i deliver in black and white They'll say, have you got this in color? So then I've got to go back and edit it anyway. So <laughs> that, that totally makes sense. All right. Um, I just saw a quote on the Imagine website from you. So I just want to read it out for people to really understand yeah. how you feel. <laughs> um, I love that you say, discovering Imagine has been like someone inventing toilet paper. I can't believe they used that quote. I <laughs> but I love that they did because I thought it's so funny that she said that. And, you know, we need to have a little bit of humor and like a simply yeah. <laughs> essential and now life is unthinkable without it. I was going to quit weddings and I'm now confidently looking forward to relaunching. So I guess this is before you started doing 
taking on weddings properly again. Yeah. I now know that those hellish years of editing backlogs are a thing of the past. I'm truly grateful. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah the, so the, the toilet paper thing, I mean, that's, that's, um, <laughs> I, I was I kind of said it as a joke and then they decided to use it which which it's is funny memorable. but honestly I was, well someone said to me you know how important is it and I was like you know what it's like one of those things that you you know once you have it you think how did people exist before this was invented that it was that that's what I was trying to kind of get across yeah no um, it's really good because I mean that's the reason why I, I even wanted to mention it and then just also looking at the meat of what you're saying in terms of if it wasn't for a program like Imagine AI, you wouldn't have really gone back into weddings, which means, you know, yeah. this is circling to me trying to get to the point of the benefit of having the software is not necessarily just on the surface level of you're saving time or it's just less stressful, which is all true, but it's about, hey, you're actually able to relaunch your business. You're able to to yeah. shoot weddings um, love and yeah yeah Anymore. because once once you get to a certain number of weddings per year yeah um either you're just uh, either you have somebody doing it for you um right. or you have some kind of some kind of assistance now my frustration was and I've I've spoken to lots of photographers who said exactly the same thing is that you start off with an outsourcer and it, it's okay and then then things get inconsistent because um, it's been done by one person and it's been done by another person and mm -hmm. there's a lack of consistency which is really frustrating and then there's nothing worse than outsourcing it spending money on that and then you get it get, get it back and you feel like you have to do it all again yourself right and then people go right. I'll just I'll just do it myself um so um the thing is, is that I love I do enjoy editing I mean I do it for other people as well it's yeah. just that I felt like I wasn't able to market uh market myself with clients shoot the west um you know in a very hot country um so it's you know it's physically very demanding really and keep up with the with the level of editing whereas as just working as an editor you kind of you or you just that's all you're doing is just right. sitting down and, and, and editing and, and and by the way doing that for a few years made me a really good editor it made me very very um on the money when it comes to color correction and um and editing which is why i feel very confident about the way that my talent profile works and that's what the feedback's been like as well the feedback's been like oh my god it's the you know the it's yeah it's 85 90 percent on the money so um yeah. i'm really really proud of that yeah, i feel like those, those years and, of slog aren't weren't in vain yeah and i mean at the end of the day it's also nice that people have options because there are also other talent profiles for those who are not Absolutely. necessarily looking for a timeless true to life type of edit um they have the option to look at what what else is available i've seen that sam heard is also on the list and fair and uh, yeah there are some there are some beautiful really yeah. creative options there um there are the there's a you know that if you're looking for that magical style that they produce then there's something for everybody on there yeah which is perfect but um i'm i'm just yeah amazed by how it all works and this is the type of solution I think a lot of people have been waiting for. And um, I'm sure, like I said in the beginning, there might be some hesitation. So what advice do you have for photographers who are just a little bit uncertain so that they can take that leap and try it out at least for the upcoming season? 
Well, um, first of all, people have, have asked me, is it really as good as they say it is? My right. answer is yeah. The, uh, you get, I believe you get some, um, you, get a, you get a free trial. So there is nothing to lose by giving it a go. I would just say, just try it because honestly I did and I've never looked back. So just uh, in, literally, in, this, is, this is where, you know, one person said to me, I'm afraid of where AI is taking us. It's taking away creativity. This is not create, taking away creativity. Your creativity mm -hmm. lies elsewhere, I believe. Right. So, um, you know, let the AI do the heavy lifting, the time consuming, the, you know, the, the stuff that is literally robbing, you know, robbing you of your life. Yeah. And, and, and do it. And, and be prepared as well for it not to be perfect. You know, don't get mad because mm -hmm. it's not 100%. Just realize how much of the heavy, I mean, it's so cost effective as well. I mean, there's no competition when it comes to, um, any other solution out there so um it for me it's absolutely a no-brainer it's a no-brainer it is as good as they say give it a go and remember that you're you know the more you upload and fine-tune uh the better the better better the results are going to be yeah and in terms of pricing people can go to the website to check it out but just to give a quick idea from what i can see it's five cents per photo and then if you want to add some additional edits in terms of cropping and straightening that adds another one cent per photo which is yeah, yeah actually it's really not that expensive um at okay, all. so the way yeah. the way i the way i look at it is that my i know i've done my uh, cost of doing business and i know how much an hour of my time is worth so if i can get a whole whole wedding edited the, you know 90 percent of the wedding edited mm -hmm. uh within a budget of let's say a thousand images, including straightening, is sixty dollars. Yeah, I've saved possibly six hours of my time. Yeah. That's a massive return on my on my investment. Huge. Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. either you're using that time to do other more important things in your business that's going to generate more revenue, or you're actually spending it with your loved ones, uh, taking time off because a lot like I know this also plays into when we talk about stress or anxiety it's mental health right just having that peace of mind time to even rejuvenate in these yeah I mean summertime is super crazy for all of us especially in this heat wave these days like it's been rough yeah. right yeah it's been rough yeah and I can imagine I mean it's also the weekends always come around so fast you want to be energized and excited for the upcoming wedding and not really be exhausted and dragging yourself there and really like forcing yourself because um it takes a lot of energy on the day to even get those shots good and you already want to do the main creative good work while you are at the wedding so I mean that's exactly. another huge thing I would say another another tip I'd give as well is to try it sounds I know this sounds obvious but um try to get as close as you can in camera. So yeah. uh, just a few tips as to how I shoot. Um, I try not to, I try not to, shooting mirrorless helps a lot throughout the day when you're shooting natural light because you can see what, what you're shooting. Yeah. Um, try not to be way, if you're way underexposed or way overexposed, then imagine we might struggle with getting it absolutely perfect, although it does a fairly good job. But if you're, if, if you shoot pretty close to getting it in camera, 
anyway that's that's the you know I, I say the same with retouching people say how do you what's your tips for retouching hair and my tip is you know make sure it's combed uh, yeah. you know literally the best thing you can do is to make sure that it's done in camera first of all um I shoot in auto white balance throughout a whole wedding uh, and that's simply because I'm not I, I always forget I used to shoot off a, off a gray card for every right. lighting change but then I would forget to do it so because I'm forgetful I shoot on auto white balance and imagine does a great job at uh, sorting everything out yeah that's so yeah just here. try to get it as close as you can in camera and everything will be a lot easier yeah and I mean that's similar to you where you say your crop is already pretty good in camera yes. um yes. one thing I do a lot is um I do the correct the lens correction because I love shooting for example with a 24 millimeter is that something mm -hmm. that um you've seen a struggle with or you pay attention to at all or even the horizontal um, I, like I love straightening my horizontal <laughs> yeah so I'm I, I'm I've got a bit of a OCD thing about um horizon lines and, and yeah. straight lines and things like that I try not to to go crazy with it um with anything other than group photos Photos. Mm. group photos have to be absolutely spot on the money you can't have anything wonky or tilting um again i try to get it right as much as i can in camera i don't shoot with a super wide angle lens anymore okay. um uh, the okay. widest i shoot is a 35 right. so it's really an issue for me but yeah i do i, I shoot pretty much everything cropped in camera oh that's so good. again that's trying to make my life easier that's a habit i got into many years ago yeah uh, and the that as well is that I don't want to if the clients want to blow up that picture and and create a piece of wall art and then they want to blow up that picture so I, I want to use the the, 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 the the I want to make most of the pixels that I have just in case they want to create some wall art so you just don't want to lose unless you have to you just don't want to lose that those pixels exactly. for that so totally I, I, I don't I never shoot just thinking okay I'm just going to crop into just her face later I will I'll, I'm, I'm I use a 70 to 200 a lot um okay. I have two cameras and I've got a 70 to 200 on one hip and the 35 on the other so I'm I'm getting my wide shots but I'm trying to frame them as, as best I can with straight line verticals I'm trying to keep an eye on that in camera oh, and okay. then I want to kind of really get close in I'm using my using my 200 a lot Oh, that's so good. Oh, you gave us so much information. So like, I guess what's missing for you in terms of features, what you'd love to see and seems to be coming is culling. I'm confident that they'll, they'll do a great job. I, I mean, if we can just get, I don't know how advanced this, uh, this technology will be, but as I said, um, they've done a great job so far. So I have full confidence in, in what they do. If, just getting rid of so there are some I edit for some people who shoot on burst mode and mm. so there are thousands of images very 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 similar between them and some of them have blinks and some of them have uh right. so if the software could kind of get rid of that just it, just that would be amazing and then if it could pick out the, the best picture that would be something really groundbreaking um I don't I don't shoot in burst mode I always find that I whenever I've tried it I, I did have a, a Sony A9 which had 20 frames per second. And I tried it thinking, well, this will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I was filling up my card too quickly. And also I wasn't getting the precise moment that I wanted. Even at that, even at 20 frames per second, I was still missing the moment yeah. that I wanted. And I I've spent three years training myself to wait for the moment yeah. and try to anticipate it. I was right. like, I'm just going to stick with my old things. It, it's, it's, it's easier on my hard, on my hard disk space as well. So 
Yeah, I've just learned to use it at certain points of the wedding. Like um, you mentioned you use the Sony now, right? Right now I'm, I'm shooting, I have two A7R3s. Okay, yeah. But I guess it's similar. I have the A7 IV and like uh, the burst mode, like you, you can choose between high mode where it goes really, you know, takes a lot of yeah. pictures or medium and stuff. So I'm still figuring out which one makes sense. But like for me, for example, when the bride is, for example, walking down the aisle, I've realized that's quite helpful. So I can make sure I have the right expressions for her to give yeah. out. And um, yeah, I mean, or group photos, like for calling, if I, I take a lot of photos during group mm -hmm. photos just to make sure everyone's looking good, either open, nice smiles. And um, yeah, calling softwares are awesome for for choosing and going through those for sure. I can't I can't wait to see what Imagine comes up with. That's so good. Oh, Sarah, um, is there anything else you want to add in terms of this topic or any other uh, any other advice you have for photographers who are struggling with yeah with their work with their workflows during this time? Not really. I think I think we've said everything. I think we've said everything. As I mean, as as for editing advice, I would say uh, my main you know my main uh, takeaways are the things that I said before, which is try to get it right in camera as much as possible. Uh, try not to overshoot. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And if anybody wants to follow you, see what you offer. Like you said, you have some online education or even editing that you do. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? So I'm on Instagram at Sarah Edmonds Photographer. Uh, my website is Sarah Edmonds with a U, not a not a no. Sarah with an H, Edmonds with a U. Dot co co. I have. I also have. Um, I also have my. Of course. Why? Why would I forget this? Um, love dash love hyphen edits.com it's an editing site so go there and also look for love edits on Facebook we have a great interactive group and uh, lots of people in there um, who, who have been introduced to the world of imagine as well so search oh, for love edits hence, hence the, my, my business is love edits so hence the name love and light for the talent profile you're doing it all Sarah I will put them on the show notes and it's just a click away for people who want to find any of the things that you just mentioned and I hope they do find you because um you have a lot of talent and thank you for sharing all your knowledge with us and also with me because I also I haven't tried Imagine AI yet um I plan to give it a yeah that's why I'm asking all these questions <laughs> I think yeah it's a good thing because that way I feel like I would ask any of the questions people are wondering about you know mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but I'm excited to also offload a lot of my work it would be good because um it's been a wild summer so far <laughs> thank you so much again for coming on and chatting <laughs> with me it's been lovely. enlightening it's been lovely speaking with you thank you Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.